Hi, my name is Gus, and this year I turned 50 and hit official menopause. I have a dream where every woman past 40 looks forward to, even prepares for, and feels excited about the richness, the potential, the opportunities that await her as she makes the transition from mother to menopause. This podcast was born out of my desire to bring these conversations out into the open for more ears to hear. I sense there is a quiet revolution underway where a new story around menopause and the years leading up to it is being reclaimed and rewritten by the women who are choosing to make this transition in their own way. Women who want to break free from the cultural expectations of how this phase of our life should play out and look. From experience, I know this takes inner work and being truly unapologetically ourselves, but it is potent and available to every single woman who wants it. This podcast is an invitation to open your mind and heart to relish even in the possibilities and opportunities that I believe this part of our life journey offers us. I'll be having conversations with women in their 40s and 50s who are navigating this transition and rewriting their menopause story in their own unique way to one that is much more fulfilling, enriching and meaningful than we might have been led to believe was possible. You will no doubt hear how change is embraced rather than feared, how vibrant and exciting life can be at this age. My intention with these conversations is that they are thought-provoking, expansive and uplifting, that they inspire feelings of curiosity, open-heartedness and courage. These stories of ours are not prescripted. They are ours to write or rewrite. And this feels like true freedom to me. Welcome to Rewriting Menopause Stories. So in today's episode, I am sharing with you a conversation that I had with Kathy Carr. How I came to know Kathy in the first place is a beautiful story of synchronicity and those times when you follow those intuitive nudges and hunches that you get instead of ignoring them, which is often what we can do. So earlier on this year, I had been sort of having those conversations with myself coming back to the same spot, knowing that I needed to find a better way to support my body from a sort of movement exercise angle. I'd been finding that movement um, that I'd been doing to date did not really serve me as well um, in the way that it used to. And I I intuitively knew in my gut that I had to find something different, both that I enjoyed, but also that worked for my body as it changed. I'd been getting a few injuries over the previous years with um, the kind of exercise that I was doing, which was mainly, I tried HIT for a while, but also yoga, um, been doing practicing yoga for ages and I still love yoga, but what was happening over time was that my default patterns of holding myself, my posture, my neck, my shoulders, were starting to create more of an issue as I did poses in ways that weren't properly aligned. So I knew that I needed to find something and just by chance I'd been following someone on Instagram and this is obviously the the beauty of socials because they're not all bad. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of connection uh, to be had. And I'd been following someone in Australia who was being trained by Kathy Carr. And she had shared a few of her training sessions on her stories and I was like, wow, that looks really interesting. I would really love to try that kind of stuff. And my interest was piqued. And then I started getting nudges. Just little like thoughts would drop into my head that just said, contact Kathy Carr. And the first few times I just was like swept it aside. It's like, she's in Australia, I'm in England, what on earth? But after about the third or fourth time, I got this same message. I thought, well, I'm just going to reach out to Kathy. So I DM'd her. I DM'd her through Instagram. We hopped on a Zoom call, I think within a week, uh, had a chat about my needs and where I was at and how she worked. And within a week later, we were working together. 
And so I have a session every week with Cappy. She's, it's her afternoon, it's my morning. And she has been working with me correctively, weight resistance, weight, weight training. But what I love about Cappy is her full appreciation of what changes are happening in the body of a woman of my age and how to work out in a safe and supportive way so that you are building strength, flexibility, adaptability for this age of life without doing the damage. And I've loved feeling how my body has been shifting and changing from the inside out. I've loved working with Kathy. So there's a little story about following those little intuitive nudges, um, even though you've got no idea where they're going to lead you. <laughs> so you'll hear more towards the end of our conversation about the work Kathy does. Um, and of course, as usual, all the information about how to get a hold of her, if you wish to follow along or even work with her, is in the show notes as well. So I'm going to stop talking now and leave you with our conversation, which I absolutely loved. Kathy's 55, so she's post-menopause. And she has a wonderful outlook on this phase of life. I absolutely adore it and her very grateful that I followed that hunch and that we um, have each other in our lives. Enjoy. Hello, Kathy. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, gorgeous Gus. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm thrilled that we're about to have this conversation and I'm excited to kind of learn more from you and your experience as well. So um, I always love to start before the start of perimenopause and menopause because I'm always curious to know whether you had any sort of imprint or you know um, idea I guess of what this phase of life perimenopause into menopause meant for women you know whether you had any memory whether from your mother or culture or yeah anything. Mm, um, I look back at my mum bless her um, she probably didn't know what was going on with her when she was going through it because now that I'm in that phase, I can look back and reflect and think, oh, my gosh, you know, and I don't know if it was very common for women or her friends, a circle of friends, to talk about those things back then. Mum, My mum was 43 when she had me, so, um, you know, she went through some mental health issues. She would cry a lot. She would lock herself away. Um, I don't recall her going through night sweats, but I do remember the mood fluctuations. And I look back at her diet and we only know what we know. It's no judgment because, you know, um, I love my mum. She was a great mum. But I don't think that she was aware or she was informed. So we didn't have those conversations. It's the same around um, going through menstruation. Um, She told me a little bit. I actually remember her giving me a book. It was probably where do I come from? And I was in high school. I thought, Mum, <laughs> you know, so you, you learn about the menstruation at high school, but I really didn't have any idea of what was uh, about to info- unfold or what women go through until I started training women, probably more in my 40s that were, and later on actually, yeah, 40s to 50s, I was training women in through perimenopause and menopause and they were really struggling, like the hot flushes to no end, the weight gain, the irritability, and they were telling me that, oh, it's all ahead of you. It's just it's a nightmare. It's, you know, and then reading about it, it's something that we are to dread. It's... Um, you know, the end of the world, you know, it's all your good years are finished. Um, So there was, I guess, a lot of that. And I still see it so much today that it is a phase that is to be dreaded. You know, it is, it's the end, you know. Um, And I really, I love what I read recently was that it is really a time that we step into, it's another uh, rites of passage but it's a time where we're going into the wise woman years, that it's the grandmother phase. And I just thought that was so beautiful because we do. We have so much to share. And I think if we talk about it like we are here, Gus, I think it's just so wonderful and empowering for other women to know that they're not alone, 
the symptoms are vast. They're common but not normal. So I think I really appreciate and congratulations for having this podcast to be able to empower other women and yeah, have these conversations that are really important. And I know that I'm pretty sure my mum didn't have them. Mm, Thank you. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I agree that there's such a massive lack of what I feel truthful information about this phase. And I completely mirror what you said about, you know, this is a very powerful transition um, for us as women to be claimed and embraced rather than to be dreaded. And that's that's, uh, the pity that it's like that. And I wonder having listened to what you just said about training women in their 40s and 50s what what age were you when when you were doing this was this before you hit perimenopause they were saying it's all ahead of you so I probably was in my perimenopausal years because my my menstruation was erratic kind of mid 40s um but I didn't have like my my period would come and I, I would go oh hi (laughs) you know so I didn't get the pain not that I not like I did when I was in a in my teens and 20s because I would take a pill for the pain you know and it wasn't until you know in my mid-30s that I learnt the holistic lifestyle principles so um I hope does that answer your question yeah it does it does so what I'd love to know then is if you I mean again a lot of women don't even realize until it's happening, that perimenopause is a journey to menopause. And it's a time span that could be 10 years, 12 years. It's obviously individual because we're all individual biochemically. But it's a whole journey where things are slowly starting to shift and change. And I wonder when you look back um, at your kind of 40s, now that you can have that hindsight and looking back, do you start to see where there might have been some little shifts and changes, whether physical, whether mental, emotional, can you start to see those? And would you talk us through what what, what your experience of of perimenopause was? Totally, my definitely the physical changes. So my body shape was changing. My um, breasts were getting bigger, um, and I was still working. So working in the fitness industry, so teaching classes, personal training, running my own business, being a mum to two young boys, wearing all the hats, my body shape, I was putting, I was starting to put on more weight, even though I was training really hard. And so, but it's funny, because I don't think that I knew that I was in it at that point. Like I knew that my body was changing, as I mentioned, the menstruation cycles were changing. Um, but, yeah, I don't think I really recall. It's not until when I hit 50 that when I stopped my menstruation, um, my periods, then really things started started to change. But it, I haven't had a lot of symptoms or, I guess, feelings, uh, mentally and emotionally, yes, but I've learned to understand what my body needs to fuel it, you know, what sleep it needs um, you know, if my nervous system is on edge, you know, I really assess, I sit silently and assess, you listen to the body's messages. So I think having learnt holistic lifestyle principles and brought them into my life, not only taught them and coached people on them, but brought them into my own life, I feel that that's helped me along the way. And that's why I, you know, try to inspire and empower and encourage women, women that they don't have to go through these symptoms. They just change a few things because we can't live the way we do now that we did when we were 20. I mean, you know, I mean, I gave up alcohol a long time ago because that's one thing. Oh, my gosh, my body just could not handle it anymore. Same. Just could, you know, one glass of wine and, you know, I'd be in bed all day the next day. So, and I think when you start to change, you know, do clean up your health, those sorts of things have more of a response or reaction in the body. Mm. These ways that you realised you could help yourself and tune into yourself, were they things that you already knew from the world that you were already in? Like you were a trainer, you were in the sort of natural health world, or were these things you kind of had to self-experiment with once you realised that, your body was changing so much and you were in in this menopausal phase? Yeah, I changed the way that I was choosing to eat, move, 
<laughs> and be healthy when I got to burnout. And I was adrenally fatigued and burnt out when I was in my mid-30s when the boys were really young. Mm -hmm. um, so I started changing my ways then. So, um, you know, practicing yoga, I'm a yoga practitioner as well. So, you know, having that awareness of, um, you know, when the body, you know, if you're bloated or, you know, as I mentioned, if I'm kind of my nervous system is on edge a little bit, you know, I can assess, you know, what stresses am I under at the moment? What can I do? So I've got the tools, I've gained the tools over the years to help alleviate any of those symptoms or experiences that come up. Mm. And so, that yeah, that that's great. And I, I, I'm kind of similar in the way that my health, it was a little bit later, but my health tanked to around 42, 43. And that was when I was really like, hang on a minute, this, I don't want to be, this person experiencing and living this quality of life because of the symptoms that I'm experiencing, what can I do about them? And that started my journey into natural health and all the ways you can support your body, like the way you, you eat, you know, the, the lifestyle switches you can make. And yeah, it made a massive difference to um, not just those symptoms, but also my periods and like you said they just showed up I never knew they were coming because I didn't have any of the common but not normal um premenstrual signs that a lot of women experience that think that um, we think they're normal because everyone around us is experiencing them and I do feel that because of that work and you might feel the same tell me um because I did that foundational work I feel that physically menopause perimenopause has been relatively straightforward for me I won't say completely but relatively I didn't have too many of the um commonly talked about symptoms that women get did you feel the yes, same way absolutely mm. um, I still get like if I would go out for a um dinner and I did have a glass of wine or for Christmas I pay the price and it's like that's the choice there's the reason why I gave up. Yeah. You know, it's kind of we don't learn the lesson. We kind of have another try to see if it, um, you know, if we still have the same response. I wanted to mention also the mental and emotional thing that I probably wasn't geared for as well was when, and I think if all women get to this phase, particularly if you've had children or that you've been a carer or provider for someone that, either, you know, if you're a carer for a loved one or a parent and they pass or, you know, you've got children and you're caring for them and they get to a certain age, you're then in teens where, you know, they really don't want to hang out with their mum anymore or they don't require your services so much, maybe just a mum's taxi. I remember getting to a point and thinking, oh, my gosh, like what do I do now? What about me? What's left? Where do I go from here? And I and I think that's where a lot of women will feel that sense of loss or hopelessness or feeling alone. And then also we carry a lot of shame because we can put ourselves out there for everyone and we get to that point where we've forgotten who we are <laughs> And that complete disconnection to ourself. And I think that's why a lot of those symptoms come in as well, the signs that you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I re reassessed, okay, so it's stepping into that power, the wise woman is, you know, what do I need to do now for me for the rest of my life so not only can I be healthy but that I can provide and do something or continue to do something that I love doing and that's, one thing that's I think is really important in anybody, not whether you're, you know, male or female, that you're doing something that you love. Because if we're not, then that can create all sorts of disturbances and disturbances in the body. So yeah, I decided to start a new business when I was fifty. Um, you know, so I think that's really important as well. Is that you know, if any of your listeners are feeling that way, that it's okay, what do I do now or where do I go from here? You know, having that sense of loss, it's, you know, that's common as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's reassessing, it's, you know, what, what do I want for the next 50 years? Mm. Yeah, if you want to live to 100, that is. <laughs> yeah, of course. 
Why not? Why not? That's a possibility and opportunity. Um, I love that you brought that up. And I I really resonate with that. I think um, that um, my experience for sure, that, as you say, reassessment, I kind of think of it like a reckoning, really reckoning with like, where, where am I at in my life? And what is working for me? And what definitely isn't? And you, you know by then the things that aren't working for you, but you might never have just brought them out into the open and had a really good look at them. And I definitely feel that having a really good look at those things can be mighty uncomfortable for a lot of women because you, um, you might realise that there are certain relationships in your life or certain things that you put your energy into that really are damaging to you in some form or another. Um, and the work for me for sure has been to yeah truly honestly reassess and then to release um release there's been lots of releasing and dissolving and i think like you said there's also the loss and the grief to to be acknowledged around what we are saying goodbye to and you know a certain part of our life is is complete and we're moving into the next one and i think the freshness and newness is always very attractive, but there's also this releasing and and acknowledging what's passing as well. So the the loss and grief, and I think these sort of more ugly, ugly I'm saying quote unquote ugly emotions are things that we often turn away from too quickly because they're uncomfortable and um, not desirable emotions. We want to be happy and positive, and you know everything to be wonderful but actually sometimes it is a bit messy and we need to be with that don't we I don't know how you feel about that I don't know if you recognize any patterns of release that happened for you during that phase things you had to let go of absolutely absolutely it's the thing that I had to let go of and I feel very confident we I was having this conversation with a dear girlfriend last week um is when you're talking about those things that might be uncomfortable that we need to face or we choose not to because we've chosen not to in the past and when we choose not to in the past, they're probably the things that are manifesting that are creating this dis-ease or imbalance in our physiology, physical, emotionally, mentally and spiritually. Um, So, yeah, what I was saying with my girlfriend that, is learning to say no. And I think, again, that stepping into the power when we're at this point in our life is that it's so wonderful to start to learn to say no. And I remember having this conversation, my girlfriend, she said, yeah, she said, if I ask you a question and you say, no, I don't want to do that, I know that I don't have to say, oh, are you sure? Are you really sure? You know, um, so it's really learning to say no because yours, yes, holds no value until you learn to say no. And I think that's one thing that I've been far more comfortable with now at this time in my life and also saying what's on my heart, releasing the idea of having to please everyone, even if it's hurting me afterwards. You know when you you might be in a a conversation or you might go to some place you might go for dinner and you really don't want to go there but you do because you don't want to let them down and then afterwards you feel crap right so that's what I found is really powerful learning to say no and you know saying what's on your heart and it doesn't in a way that is going to empower you and benefit you but also so you can be heard so I think at this age as well that we feel that we're invisible and that we're not being heard, but we can't be heard if we don't express. Yes. And and being in a community of women of where we can hear and, and express safely. Oh, yes, all of that. Absolutely. Gosh, so many things you've just said I want to... <laughs> want to mirror back as well the the boundary setting absolutely huge I agree the being able to say yes when you mean yes no when you mean no and doing that from a place of just uh, peace and compassion as well because I that's for me another component um, rather than defensiveness which I know can creep in 
as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I feel I feel for women at this phase where we're stepping out of that mother archetype and all our hormones are, are gently changing and affecting our brain chemistry. We do th- see things with more clarity. We are a little bit more bolder. We've got the courage to say things, but we we're sort of. I feel like the friction, the tension is between. We've got one foot in one one archetype, one foot in the, the other when we're transitioning over. And we're so used to being that person that pleases others in, in all sorts mm-hmm. of ways, you know. And, and that's been that caring, nurturing, giving um, sort of mother archetype of ours. And we're moving into this other archetype where you're right. We need to be heard from our truth. And there's I feel there's so much friction in the letting go of that that other archetype and just really stepping into who you are, what feels right and true to you in the moment and acting from that space. And that for me is where the power of this whole transition is, is being heard. Like you said, it's so true. Um, Being heard is such a biggie. And I think being seen as well. I mentioned this in my training, if I may just share a little story remember going to a retail outlet to buy new shoes and I grabbed the shoe from the display and I was just waiting for the shop assistant to come and serve me and finish who he was serving. And I'm waiting there and then this young girl bounces in, you know, a hot young girl comes bouncing in and the shop assistant who happened to be male walked straight past me after he'd finished serving his previous customer and went over to the young girl and I kind of just stood there first in disbelief and then had a chuckle. I chuckled to myself and I thought, wow, has that what it has come to, that I'm no longer visible, um, that I have lost some of my spark? And I said this to a girlfriend. She said, no, darling. She said, he just didn't see your light. I just love yes, that. I love that. So, love that. so ladies, yeah, it's not that we are invisible. It's that others cannot see our light. Mm. Absolutely. And I think that is just, just yeah, really powerful. And I think letting, letting go another release of um, expectations. Mm-hmm. When you say, mention that mother archetype, we ha- can have hold, hold so many expectations and ideas and things that we have believed in the past. And I think... Not only is our physiology changing, I think the way that we need to look at things need to change, as you mentioned as well, having more compassion and empathy for others for where they're at. Yes. I would love to pick up on that word change, as you mentioned it. I'm kind of fascinated with with the idea that um, I think we get to this point and we can be so resistant to change. Change just feels uncomfortable, uh, disruptive, inconvenient, uh, scary, because ultimately it's the unknown on the other side, the void. And I know looking back to, I'm now 50, is, uh, when I was 40, I'm not that the same person. I'm not the person I was 10 years ago. And that's a positive thing for me, not a, oh no, I'm not the same person. I feel good about that because um yeah, I feel great about where I am today, but I know that it's involved a lot of change. And I would love to know how you how you view change and also how you go about embracing it and navigating okay. it. There's a couple of things that come to mind with change. When you mention, you know, you're not the girl that you were in your 40s, I think a lot of women want to hold on to that, how they were in their 40s or their 20s, and they are changing themselves before they're changing. Mm. And that's with no judgment because everyone, you know, it's we all have our own choices. But that's kind of why, I mean, I look, you know, doing down dog or something in a yoga pose and I look at the skin that has changed and moves the other way now kind of south, not stays... And I look and I observe it, I think, you know, I have a little chuckle. You know, I might not be happy about it, but I'm accepting that this is who I am. My body is changing. I still feel quite young inside, um, hence why I probably um, got a pair of roller skates for my birthday (laughs) yesterday. Um, You know, and maybe that's something that uh, my body will let me know if I'm really at that point where I need to let go of the roller skates. But, you know, it's... I'm, I'm all about joy and having fun and but 
going into change is accepting your body has got this far. Your body has gone through so much, so many trials or sporting or other, you know, achievements or or whatever it's done. Um, it's given birth to life if you're a mother. Um, the change, I think, it's just I think we really need to learn to accept and love ourselves more and accept that there is going to be change and there's going to be more change there has been a part of me that has held some fear, I think, because moving into this phase, I'm more aware of elderly and getting old and watching my, you know, being at my parents' deathbed um, and being with them when they passed, which was absolutely a beautiful experience. But that sort of thing, I think, comes into our mentality um, and our mindset, and we can hold a lot of fear as well. But I think moving into the change is the biggest thing is acceptance and loving ourselves. And when we're changing, we can change the way we perceive things. We can change the way that we're living our life, create new habits. So, you know, for me, let go of that fear because we're all going to go someday, right? So how can I live my best life now? And what do I want to leave behind? What legacy do I want to leave behind? Um, that's really kind of how I'm living my life right now. Mm. Um, that's kind of what I, why I what I've been doing or um, pursuing to do is living living my best life, living your best life, going through different choices that will create a good change, creating he- um, healthy habits. I agree. The there's the sort of physical changes and acceptance is such a beautiful word. Word I love that. Um, this sort of compassionate acceptance from the heart. I wonder when you get down to some of the details of some shifts that you may have made, especially the ones that involved um, dissolving or kind of letting go of things that weren't working for you. Maybe it might have been relationships or maybe even you said you switched businesses. It might have been work. Were those easy for you? Was was change always easy? No, not all change is easy. Usually in the end it is, though, if you're very clear on what it is. And I come back, you know, what understanding what your core values are, and I'm really big on, you know, coaching others on what they're understanding, what their core values are and what your dream is. Um, knowing your core values then you know, they're your not negotiables. So you're really going to live a life according to your design. Change change is can be scary. I mean, I've had a lot of change in the last, you know, and sometimes when it's like the universe throws things at you, like changes and challenges to see how you cope. And I'm sure you would agree. Um, but, yeah, change is can be scary but I think looking at the outcome so if I'm about to make a change is it really going to get me closer to my dream is it going to benefit me on a physical emotional mental and spiritual level is it going to benefit we as in my family and is it going to benefit the all you know of the consciousness of the collective Mm. so that's kind of how I approach change and a lot of times you know we don't want to change or we don't want to accept change there are changes that are taking place that are inevitable we can slow them down you know with our life choices or you know other things that can slow down the uh, kind of aging process but there's also change that we really need to go through I think to um, to grow to become more enlightened if that's, I think we're all we're all really wanting to become enlightened and reach nirvana. Thank you for saying that. I think it's so important to to feel that and know that deeply. That change is something we need to go through. And whilst yes, it might feel in the moment to moment like what 
really (laughs) you know especially like you said when it's the big ones I know you've just recently moved um and I'm sure making manifesting that times was like what I know I've moved this year out of a big city and when that call came to me that I think your time here is done you need to think about moving I hadn't it was just like oh my god really and you know it's so in the moment you want to go oh I'm just going to put that to the side I'm just going to sweep that under the carpet it just feels too big to negotiate right now and yet you get Mm. those kind of repeat nudges as I call them or pings some people call them you know it's like think about it keep thinking about it and then suddenly you're doing it and suddenly you're you're negotiating the change and it's in action and like you said you get to the other side and if it's something that you have felt strongly is as you described it beautifully in service of the me the we and the whole and maybe you won't even think about the whole but if it's if it feels true in your heart and the right thing in that moment then it is the right thing no matter what that's my belief so I'm so glad you described it like that Um, yeah and I think unconsciously we are affecting the whole collective exactly exactly absolutely I think living in ways that have us feeling contorted and not ourselves and compromised but something outside of us or someone outside of us at this at this stage I feel at perimenopause and to menopause that is what can literally break us and make us feel really unhappy yeah yeah absolutely I totally Mm. agree totally agree so you've mentioned lots of tools and practices that you sort of here and there in our conversation but maybe we could kind of gather them up what what do you feel has helped you and supported you most and I know you'll probably speak from a personal experience as much as this is the work that you do and I'll definitely get you to talk more about the work you do before we finish this conversation but what if you were to pick the main tools and practices that have helped you and supported you during this this perimenopause into menopause transition what would they be it's been living holistic lifestyle principles which there are six kind of foundations and I've adapted these into my life when I after I reached burnt out because I thought I was fit and healthy but I was sick and fit mm-hmm. not fit and healthy so you know will learning you talk to more about, will you talk more about sick and fit as well that's a really good sure thing. yeah sure sure um so I learned how to have sleep hygiene, you know, um, the effects of our stresses. I learned to identify the stresses that are all around us that we all suffer from. And if we're having too much of those stresses, then we can reach a symptom or we can have a pain, an ache, an inflammation, inflammatory response. Um, and if we don't listen to those nudges or messages, um, then that's when we get those symptoms. So I've learned how to decrease my stresses and that's ongoing because we're faced with different stresses and challenges and all of those changes every day, every week, every month. So it's, again, listening to those. So nutrition is absolutely key. I think, you know, when you talk about that chemical imbalance or the chemical changes in the brain, our mental and emotional state, we're not eating well. We're really not eating well. So, you know, nutrition and organic food is a, a not negotiable for me. So I really learned about nutrition and what it, it what I need as a woman going through all these changes because, you know, all the hormones, hormonal imbalances, we need to look at nutrition. Um, just simple, basic things really, Gus, drinking water, clean water, enough water for my um, body weight, Uh, moving you know I'm a mover I'm a shaker and a groover but I make sure that I work out and now when I was work before when I got burnt out I was working out too much too frequent too much high intensity and not enough time to recover so sleep um, and then doing a balance of not only doing a high intensity which I don't really do anymore I do strength weight training resistance training and then learning how to balance out calm you know that nervous system that fight or flight response by learning and adapting to having some yoga practice and breath work and tai chi which i absolutely love but having that balance um 
you know, and even later on I got a back injury because I became too relaxed and too loose and, you know, so it's going through a, another change and um, energetically that was that had an effect as well. So learning through, just really learning and understanding the stress and the physiological responses that can take place. Um I mentioned the sleep, you know, the breathing. It's really six basic principles. Thoughts, you know, how to manage your mindset, how to manage that psychological stress, the narrative, and that's an ongoing. It's, these are all ongoing. They, they don't stop, and that's why I think that it's helped me not experience so many symptoms as I go through perimenopause and menopause because I adopted these things, these principles earlier on and I've I continue to do so now you know just got to tweak and and supplement as well so that's really basic you know thoughts breathing make sure you're breathing properly properly corrective and functional movement top quality nutrition and getting sleep so you can rest and recover and repair Mm. and as you talk and I just it, it is that incredible um I feel it's developing that sensitivity to your needs and body. As you said, it's everything's always in progress. It's never like a done piece of work, right? I've done that, ticked it off, never to be revisited again. There's, there's constant needs being showing up day to day, week to week, aren't there? And, you know, it's so important to develop that sensitivity to your needs, which is a bit like just, connecting to your inner wisdom or intuition or gut feelings, whatever you want to call it, your body's constantly in conversation with you, would you say? Oh, totally. And But unfortunately, many people aren't aware of those symptoms or they are so used to having a quick fix. You know, if they get a headache, it'll take a Panadol. If I get a stomachache or I feel sick, I get an antacid. You know, so it's really... I think that is part of the problem as well, that there has been so much this for that. And also when you mentioned, you know, you do something, if this is an ongoing thing, having these foundations and adapting to how you're feeling each day is an ongoing thing. And I think that's what diets are. When you refer to it's just a, you know, 30 days, six week, 12 day, whatever it is, they're only for a short period and, you know, they just don't work. So it's, yeah, it's, implementing and adapting according to what your body is feeling and you know a lot of it's and a lot of people need to learn how to do that yeah I I agree I and you mentioned at the very beginning of our conversation that you know when you first um the sort of lack of information that we have as women around these rites of passage that we experience through womanhood be that your first period be that when you give birth if you are a mother and give birth to, you know, a, a baby, um, menopause, they're all not just physiological hormonal rites of passage, but they've got a deeper meaning, I feel, to them, um, a sort of power and potency for each transition that needs that should be harnessed. But it is all about um, having that sensitivity and connection to ourselves. And I, I that's just not taught. You're just not taught it. You're taught maybe a little bit of biology and the focus with childbirth is all about childbirth but there's nothing about the what the mother herself is going through that transition she's making from that maiden into mother and I feel that if we could harness at each transition the 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 symbolism and meaning for women as they transition sort of as archetypes as they transition through I feel that's so powerful because I think that each time we do that we reconnect to ourselves and what we're going through. And I almost, my wish would almost be that by the time in the future, by the time women get to perimenopause, they already have done this work their whole life. And so they'll already understand that this is just another transition and I'm going to embrace it for what it is. And I'm prepared for it already because I've already experienced the previous transitions in a very different way. That would be like a real dream wish for me. Yeah. Beautiful. So beautiful. I totally agree. Yeah. Well, you never know. You never know. I think it was probably like that too. When I think of, you know, the women in tribes, you know, um, gathering around and just openly expressing and, you know, or going off to the red tent, you know, when they were menstruating. So I think it's, yeah, they, we need to go back to tradition. And I think Mm -hmm. when we go, when we live that way, it creates so much more connection 
mm. doesn't it? Yeah. So much trust. more understanding, trust. Yeah. Yeah. A trust in our bodies that they're not broken, that they don't need fixing, that this is just, you know, an opportunity to go, right, okay, something needs, my body's needing something. Let me figure out what this is. And I, if you have the tools, like the tools you're talking about and teaching about, you know, you then, you then can work through putting things back into balance again when they're out of balance yeah 100% so if you had the opportunity to either go back to your younger self um, maybe even before your burnout um, or just speak to women who are in their 30s for example what would your message be for them entering into this perimenopause menopause phase of their life um, well, f- for me personally, I would even, you know, and I don't like to look back and say you should have, could have, would have, because again, we only know what we know. But for me, I would have done things far more differently, prepared my body for childbirth, for all of those principles. So if those women are in their 30s, your listeners are in their 30s, and they want to start, yeah, preparing, I would implement these six foundation principles, but only to what you can do. Don't make it another stress, you know. So if it's, I really think that to avoid the symptoms, the mental, emotional stress, the physical stress, as we've mentioned, having acceptance, but really looking after the female body right now and let it I mean it is a journey and we all fall off the wagon from time to time but I think it's starting to learn or seek out how to listen to your body because I think as we go into this phase we become so much more intuitive it's there it's there we just you know I think we've lost that ability to tap into it so that's what I would recommend is just really start to nourish look after your body now, love your body, love yourself and have acceptance. Mm. I love that. Yeah. And start to learn to, and start to learn to say no. Yes. <laughs> really important. Exactly. Practice using that word. Absolutely. I would also really love to, because you touched on it earlier, talk about what you feel your legacy is. If you'd be happy to share. Absolutely. On the spot. (laughs) Yes, yeah. My legacy is I want to be known for a woman that has inspired and empowered thousands to how to eat, move and be healthy and love themselves and just live with joy. I want to be known for spreading love and light and joy. As my father said, that I mean, he died at 92, and I said, what's your secret, Dad? And he said, keep your sense of humour, have a sense of humour, and just keep your brain active. Mm. And, I, you know, it's just having joy. Finding joy, I think, is just such, such an important thing. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to be known for being a healer and, yeah, spreading love and, and joy and empowering women because that's my real passion. I just love this connection, Gus, that we have now and that, you know, hopefully that we're empowering your listener right now and sparking, I guess, some questions on how they can move into this transition with ease and grace. And I would just like to say to you, from the little bit I know of you, you definitely already are doing that. You're already thank you so much sweetheart thank you so much thank you so um i'd love to let everyone listening know um where they can find you if they want to follow along with your explorations your adventures your creations you know what kind of work you do and yeah if there's anything else you'd like to share around that Sure, sure. Well, I'm in Australia, Mm -hmm. um, recently moved to the Sunshine Coast in Australia. I am, uh, as I've mentioned, I do holistic lifestyle coaching online and also training online. So, you know, if you want some corrective exercise, I'm a big believer also as we move into this age is that we need to train and work out and move smarter. It doesn't mean that we need to thrash and bash anymore. I don't like thrash and bash. So I coach 
women online and also face-to-face. And I have an online program, How to Get Your Mojo Back for Women in Midlife, Six Steps on How to Create a Strong, Healthy and Vibrant Female Body. And I've got a couple of webinars coming up next week. Um, But that's, yes, that's an online program that I'm more than happy to have a call or if anyone wants to reach out for more information, um, they could jump on my webinar or reach out to kathycarcoaching.com. Or my, I'm sure you put those up on the show notes. I'll definitely Diego. put all this information yeah. in the show notes. Yeah. Yes. yes. I'm and- a yoga practitioner as well and I offer breath work. You know, teaching people to breathe is just so important and I don't think that we are breathing effectively and that's another reason why we're having all these aches and pains, postural physiological um just it just imbalances really of you know of not being able to breathe properly you know breath is life so um teaching breath work tai chi meditation and my also this will be my second year that my mandala calendar will be out so keep your eyes open for that amazing and i assume the the course you do the midlife mojo course is based on those six pillars that you talked about during our chat now. that's right that's yeah. right yeah yeah fantastic well I've I've already mentioned my love of working with you in the intro to this conversation so listeners will know by now um, and <laughs> it's uh, a pleasure yeah it's been um gosh I'm so grateful that we've had this conversation I feel like we could have several iterations of it to be honest but I I hope like you just said that this conversation just helps to either reassure someone who's in that space or sow seeds of, you know, what what's to come and how to positively rewrite the ideas and beliefs we have around this phase of our life to something that's much more positive and inspiring and exciting. Because I definitely feel mm-hmm. really excited at 50. Um, and awesome. I, actually, I actually feel the best I've probably ever felt in my life on 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 all levels you know (laughs) so that's not to say things are perfect at all but there's a there's a sense and a feeling of of that lightness and that enthusiasm that I'm very grateful for so thank you so so much is there anything we haven't talked about that you would like to share no I think that's I think we've um we've covered a beautiful base yeah Thank you, Kathy. Thank you so much. Thank you, gorgeous. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, let's do it again. Absolutely. <laughs> Loads of love. Have a beautiful have a beautiful weekend. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for being here. I just adore these conversations. If you want to dive into this work yourself, you can head over to my website portals to becoming more you section and have a look at the offerings that can support you in this phase i have something amazing to unveil in the autumn a whole reclamation journey and you can jump on the wait list now for that and you can also follow along on instagram i'll put all the details in the show notes below if you enjoy this conversation please go ahead and share it with other women who need to hear it or on your feed And I would be so grateful if you could subscribe, rate or review this podcast, as that is the best way to get these important conversations into more ears and hearts. I've loved being here with you. Thank you so much for tuning in.